You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. When you place yourself in this form of a servant and you reach out to somebody who is struggling, who is hurting, who just really needs to see Jesus with flesh on him, and you show up, I'm telling you folks, there is a blessing in that that is beyond joy. That truly is joy inexpressible. Because you walk away and go, wow, wait a minute. I thought I was going to be the one who blessed, but I am totally blessed. As Pastor Dave continues his teaching series through the Gospel of John, he'll be challenging you to be servant-hearted, just like Jesus. Jesus was others-centered, always looking for a way to minister and be a blessing to others. He is the perfect picture of selflessness. Would you characterize yourself as being selfish or selfless? Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of John, chapter 13, as he continues his message, The Sovereign Servant, Part 3. yourself on pedestals. Don't place yourself higher than somebody else. Don't exalt yourself. Don't get so high and mighty that you begin to man that people should serve you. Don't do that. That's what he's saying. I have set this example for you. I have showed you. I am your teacher. I am your master. I am your Lord. And I'm showing you the example. And if I do this for you, then you need to do this for one another. This is a powerful lesson, folks. This is a mighty lesson. It's a lesson of attitude and action. One that we should take note. One that we should take note. And I love what one commentator said. He said, the world will ask, how many people work for you? Jesus will ask, how many people do you work for? This is a huge thing. The example that Jesus gave to his disciples was in stark contrast to their actions. His example was service, not strife. The disciples were once again worried about who was the greatest. Jesus was an example of humility, not exaltation. This was all in humility. A great quote from Alexander McLaren. Quote, there are too many of us who profess to be quite willing to trust Jesus Christ as cleanser of our souls who are not nearly so willing to accept his example as a pattern to our lives. Unquote. Are you willing to accept this? Are you willing to accept this as a pattern of your life? Jesus continues in verse 16. He says, most assuredly. Now, some of you might have the text that says, verily, verily. You know, it's the same thing. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. Let me ask you a question. If a master becomes The slave, where does that place the slave? If the master becomes the slave, where does that place the slave? It places them on the same level. It places them on the exact same 
level as the master. By becoming a servant, Jesus did not put us down. Instead, he lifted us up. Jesus put dignity into sacrifice and service. Jesus puts dignity into humbling yourselves. Jesus puts dignity into serving your fellow man. Never, ever forget the motivation, love. Never forget the motivation. We should never see ourselves in a place higher than others. When I am not willing to serve and take care of someone else's needs, then I become bigger than my Lord. And when that happens, I'm in a heap of trouble. I'm in major trouble. I don't have the same attitude as my Lord. And then, therefore, I am not his true representative. I don't represent him well when I place myself over people, when I think that I am more highly and lift myself up above people. I'm not taking the same attitude as my Lord. The attitude of a servant. Jesus says, don't you see what I've done? I'm your teacher. I'm your master, and I am willingly serving you. This is the example that I want you to take from this time, and I want you to go and serve others. I want you to go and serve others the way I've served you. Basically, tell them, get out and serve the world. These are good words for anyone who wants to minister the gospel. Well, wait a minute, Dave. I'm not a minister. The word minister in Greek, servant. The word minister in Greek is servant. He explains to the disciples now, he's coming down to the end of this basic teaching, and he comes down to this this one key verse, and I think this verse is key. That's why it became our focus verse for today. Look at 17. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Notice what Jesus says. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. The key word here is do. It's not enough to know these things. What you see here is an action. It's an attitude of love followed by an action of service. An attitude of love. Remember, Jesus is loving the Father first. Jesus is fully connected to the Father. We need to see ourselves fully connected to Jesus Christ. We need to see ourselves fully submitted to the Holy Spirit. We need to see ourselves in that vein. And then the service will come. Only after this is settled. Key word is do. Not enough to know. There's an action here. Jesus is clearly saying to them, put this in practice. Put this into practice practice. It's interesting that when I was an educator and I used to teach teachers how to teach and we took classes and one of them was called theory into practice and it's been found that when you study something and you take a take a test for it you get x number of percentage of what you studied. When you see an example and a demonstration of what you studied the percentage goes higher. But when you put into practice that which you've learned, the percentage of retaining it goes sky high. 
Jesus is saying, I'm giving you this example. I'm showing you something here. I'm giving you a demonstration. Now put it into practice. And when you put it into practice, you'll understand exactly what I'm talking about. You will understand the meaning of this. Put it into practice. Well, you know that James said things about this. You know that James, and we quote this a lot. We quote this a lot. In James 1, specifically in verses 22 through 27, I'll start with 21, 21 through 27. Let me read that for you. Said, James is writing, he says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearing of the word and does not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he is. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. There's that word again, blessed in what he does. If anyone among you thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, the one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this. Visit orphans and widows in their trouble and keep oneself unspotted from the world. We must be doers of the word, not hearers only. We must put the word into action. Must put the word into action. We must love God with our heart, with our minds, with our soul, with every ounce we have. And then we'll be ready for service. Then we'll be ready for serving God. We can study all you want. You can study all you want. You become a fat tick studying God's word. Because you're so full of God's word, which is a good thing. But you need to put it into practice. You need to take it out of these doors into the neighborhood, into your homes, into the Wawa's, into the other places you visit, into your workplaces, into your school. You need to take it out and you need to live out God's word in front of other people. Living out God's word in front of other people. And then when you've exhausted all that, you come back and you get filled some more. And then you go back out again. And you continue this. There's an action here. See, God's word can stir us up emotionally. You can cry. And it can enlighten you intellectually. But Jesus said, blessed are you if you do them. Spiritual blessing comes from the application of God's word in our lives. When we apply God's word, we are blessed. What does blessed mean? Happiness. Blessed means happiness. The world thinks happiness is a result of being served by others. Let's make a lot of money so we can afford a maid. Let's make a lot of money so we can have all these servants who work serve us. Let's do that. That's the world's idea of happiness. Not having to do anything. Not having to lift a hand. The world's constantly pursuing happiness. You've seen the TV ads. You can only be happy by using this product. You can only be happy by looking this way. Driving this car. Having this job. Everything. The world's way is so interesting. But this is not the example that Christ has given us in John 13. He is saying true happiness, happiness lasts, joy that permeates your soul, real joy only comes when we serve others in humility, in love. That's where true happiness comes. 
Maybe you're not experiencing this joy today. Maybe instead you're depressed, discouraged. Some of you may even be despondent. One commentator said this, when you are feeling discouraged, depressed, or despondent, don't throw in the towel. Instead, do what Jesus did. Find some dirty feet and experience the joy and happiness of washing them. If I want to get out of my head, and believe me, my head's not a pretty place to be. If I want to get out of my head, I want to serve somebody else. I want to help somebody else out. And you've heard the stories. You come on Monday night. Marcus told the stories. I've told the stories many times. When you go to visit someone who has been sick and hurting, and you think, I'm going to bring the love of Christ to them. I'm going to show them Jesus Christ. I'm going to go in there, and I'm going to encourage them. I'm going to read them some scriptures, and praise God. Let's see what happens, man. I can't wait. And you leave there going, what happened? You're so blown away because you're so blessed. You are absolutely so blessed. First time this ever happened to me. First time it ever happened. I had a dear, sweet brother in Ocean City who had brittle juvenile diabetes. And he was in Shore Memorial Hospital. And because of brittle diabetes, they had to take a finger, then two, then the wrist, then the arm, then a leg. And they were whittling away this poor kid. And I never wanted to see him because I was afraid. I was so afraid to go see him. I didn't know what to say. But I loved this kid. Crazy thing about it was he was a drummer. I loved this kid. So we all got together, prayed. And I went over one day and I walked in there and there he was. And I started ministering to him. I started crying because of his plight. We prayed together. We hugged. We had such a great time. Nurses came in and they sat around as we studied the Lord. And I went back time and time again. And then one of the greatest blessings ever happened is when he passed away. First person his sister called was me to come be with him. I was so blessed. I felt cheated. I felt I cheated him. I was so blessed by being there with him. It was incredible. That's what Jesus is talking about. That's what he's talking about when you reach out and wash somebody's feet. Not the physical, oh, your feet stink, and washing. When you reach out and help somebody in need, when you get out of yourself, when you place yourself in this form of a servant and you reach out to somebody who is struggling, who is hurting, who just really needs to see Jesus with flesh on him, and you show up, I'm telling you, folks, there is a blessing in that that is beyond joy. That truly is joy inexpressible. Because you walk away and go, wow, wait a minute. I thought I was going to be the one who blessed, but I am totally blessed. This is what Jesus is talking about. This is what Jesus is talking about. In John 13, Jesus took that mirror and he held it up. And he said, look into it. Look into it. What do you see? Look into the mirror. Oh, when I look in the mirror, I see all my flaws and imperfections. But when I use God's word as a mirror, I look into my heart and I see a deceitful heart because the heart is deceitfully wicked. I look into God's word and I see that I'm not loving like 1 Corinthians 13. I see these things and I want to change. I want to use God's word as a stepping stone in my life to change my life and to become more like Jesus, to become more like what I see in God's word, to become more aligned with God's word. Somebody wrote this, quote, Bible, intended, Bible was intended not to show us up, 
but to clean us up. I like that. The Bible reveals that we need cleansing. The Bible reveals we need cleansing. And the Bible also reveals that others need cleansing also. We who are in Christ, it comes out of us when we do this. Christ comes out by what we do. More than what we say. Christ used this same analogy when he concluded his great Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 7 when he said that the one who heard the word of God without doing it was like a man who built his house on the sand. But the one who heard God's word and did it was like the man who built his house upon a rock. One who both heard and did God's word could stand in the storms that were going to come, could stand strong. So I guess the point I'm trying to make here today, if you haven't gotten it already, unless we put God's word into practice we're not really living up to what God wants us to do. To be called a disciple of Jesus Christ, that we have to do as he says. We have to do these things as he says, trusting in him, believing in him. We must put into practice his words, and we must follow his examples. Jesus is looking for disciples. Jesus is looking for those that he can send, to be sent. A disciple is a learner, one who puts Jesus' words into action. So Jesus addressed this issue of service motive by love in the most radical way. Jesus put love into action. He overcame the difficulties of Peter's protest. He overcame the bickering of the disciples about who was the greatest. And he overcame the threat against him by the one who was going to betray him, who we will identify next week. But by putting love in action, Jesus now gives us an example that we should to follow. After he demonstrated God's love to each man, he said, basically, go and do likewise. Do that to each other. And it wasn't a suggestion. It wasn't a suggestion. And he gives us a caveat. If you do this, you'll be blessed. If you do this, you'll be blessed. Wash each other's feet, not in a ceremonial way, not out of guilt, not out of legalism, not out of thinking that if I do this, God's going to like me more. No, do it in a spiritual manner because of your love for God and because when you realize just how much he's loved you, you realize just how much God has loved you, you willingly want to come out. Let me leave you with this. The Apostle Paul had an understanding of this. And when he was writing to the church in Galatia, he writes these words in Galatians 6. I'm just going to read the one chapter, I mean the one verse here. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. The focus isn't on expect others to bear your burdens. The focus is on you bearing others' burdens. You bearing others' burdens. When we self-focus, when we're self-focused, it always leads to pride. It always leads to frustration, discouragement, and depression. Instead, God always directs us to be other sinners. Bear one another's burdens. One another's. It's a simple command. Look for a brother or sister with a burden and then help them with it out of love. Don't do it out of guilt. Don't do it out of pressure. Don't do it out of anything but love. Because i got news for you. If you're doing it out of other things than love, it's just not going to count. It's going to be worthless. Bear one another burdens. And if we bear one another burdens, we fulfill the law of Christ. Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, 
all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. This is the law of Christ. This is what Christ is saying to us. By washing each other's feet, by carrying the burden along with somebody, by helping somebody in their time of need in love, we are fulfilling this law. And then there's a blessing to boot. There's a blessing to boot when that happens. Service to others motivated by love we get from the Lord is a service that brings many blessings. Folks, a lot of people hurting, a lot of people hurting within our body. A lot of people need their feet washed. A lot of people need someone to come alongside them to lift them up, to encourage them, to help them with this burden. It may be simple as a prayer. It may be simple as just listening to what they have to say, listening to their story. And please don't use it as a way to gossip about people, find something about them and go, oh boy, I got something I can tell. No, that defeats the entire purpose. We want to bear each other's burdens. We want to love each other the way Christ has loved us. How did Christ love us? He loved us to the end. He loved us with every possible thing he had. Everything he was capable of, he loved us. And now he's saying, love each other that way. Love each other that way. If you do this, you will fulfill my law. You will fulfill my law. And I don't think there's a person in here who doesn't want to do the will of God. I don't think there's a person in here who doesn't want to do God's will to the hilt. In all areas of our life, one of the things that always gets me excited and makes me extremely happy is the way you guys respond in love in various circumstances. And I'll go back to what I said, I think, Wednesday night. When we had the time here for Putt Palmer, I can't tell you how many people came and made such great comments about you. How loving you were, how caring you were, how showing the love of Jesus to others. What a testimony on you. What a testimony on your behalf. That was washing feet. That's an example of washing feet. That's an example of helping someone with a burden. In their darkest and deepest time, you were there to comfort, to guide, to sit with, to cheer on. Just your presence was so important. And they felt that. They gleaned from that. And I'm so ever thankful. I'm so ever happy and so ever joyful that that is a legacy that Calvary Chapel Cape May can have because of you and the love that you have for God and allowing it then to show through you and to shine on other people's hearts. It's just a blessing to me, and I thank you for that. From the bottom of my heart, I thank you for that. See, that's the epitome of what we were just talking about. That's the epitome of what James is saying. That's the epitome of what Jesus is saying. Jesus got it from James. That's the epitome of what Paul is saying. That's the epitome of the entire scriptures. We need to be like that as much as possible. You are Our time with you is coming to an end today on A Sure Hope. On our next edition, Pastor Dave Shank will continue this journey through the book of John. But for now, you can listen to more teachings from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. 
We encourage you to download these messages so that they are available wherever you go. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just search for A Sure Hope and see the latest editions as soon as they're posted. If you're enjoying these teachings and would like to get more involved with the church behind this ministry, we'd love to meet you at Calvary Chapel Cape May for a time of worship and Bible study. We meet weekly on Sundays at 10 a.m. Give us a call for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. Otherwise, you can visit Assure Hope Radio for times and directions. If you're not able to join us in person, we're streaming our services on Facebook Live. Just look for the link on our website at assurehoperadio.com. Thanks for listening to today's message in the book of John. We pray you continue to be blessed as you study the Word and that you discover how God's doing great things in your life. We look forward to you joining us again as Pastor Dave has more to share from this book that entails where Jesus walked and the amazing wonders he performed while here on earth. He's still doing wonders today too. Come hear about that next time on A Sure Hope.